0: All right, and welcome to the Field Rose podcast. I'm your host, Jim MacArthur. Thank you guys so much for checking out this podcast. And of course, you can always find it on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, pretty much any major podcast app. Of course, always check out fieldrose.com. That's got all the podcast links, a blog that is written by Tyler Land, and then, of course, all the YouTube videos. On the website. Well, this week's guest is Bruce, is it McMillan or McMullen? McMullen. McMullen. All right, and Bruce is the manager at the peanut mill there in Malone for going on 15 years. Uh, So, Bruce, but before we start with that, let's just start at the very beginning. Uh, How did you end up getting involved in agriculture?
1: Jim, I was born and raised on a farm.
0: If you could, Bruce, kind of lean into the mic a little bit. Jim, I was born,
1: born and raised on a farm. Um, went to college for a couple years after that had two siblings you know there wasn't room on the farm for all of us you know yep. at that time couldn't make a living for four four different families so I moved on I got a job at uh, John Deere tractor dealership there in town it had basically just opened stayed there for about 15 years um, didn't get burned out on it but saw an opportunity and Moved on into running a cotton gin for a group of guys that was had two gins, one here and one in Georgia. Uh, stayed there for 15 years and um, moved on into Malone Peanut. Got another opportunity, a great opportunity actually. And I've been here for 15 years and hope those numbers don't cut off on 15 years. You know, but um, I've had a. Had a great opportunity here, met a lot of nice people, good people, learned a lot through the industry, and, you know, I really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I bet
0: you've got a lot of contacts and met a lot of people coming from working at a tractor dealership, cotton
1: industry, and now peanut industry. Correct. Yeah, we've, you know, a lot of different people, you know, from all different walks of life, you know, that's the only thing I miss about, you know, my prior two employment's it seemed like we had more traffic, different people. Mm-hmm. You know, the peanut industry is, you know, whenever you're dealing with the customers that we have, they're mostly local people. That's right. You know, and it's kind of a smaller group than what, what I'm used to dealing with over the years, but still a great group of people.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, Bruce, you mentioned you worked at a, a tractor dealership. Was that Mariana at Swearington, or was that?
1: That was at Mariana. Uh, actually, my grandfather started John Deere dealership in 74, uh, it's just about the time that John Deere was having trouble getting a lot of equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was very hard to get equipment. Okay. And he's, I, he kept that thing for three or four years, then he sold it to some other guys. It changed hands two or three times. Mm-hmm. Swear Engine eventually wound up with it, and I worked with them, like I say, for a number of years okay. up there. Okay.
0: So. Yeah, I'm not sure what year they <coughs> shut down, but I can remember being a little kid, you know, going up there with Dad just to a uh, John Deere place there in Mariana.
1: Yeah, and I and I don't know what year that was either, but a lot of water under the bridge and a lot of things changed in those years. Yeah. The way oh, yeah. the business is operated. So were you a salesman or did you work behind the parts counter? What did you what did you do there? I worked in all aspects of it. I was a salesman for a while. I ran well, I actually started in the shop, moved back into parts and I sold for a little while, so I, you know, I saw all, all ends of it right there. I got you. So this would have been like in the late 70s,
0: early 80s, or what S- time frame? I
1: actually started there in 74. Okay. And I stayed in that business until 91. All right. So when you first
0: started, what was like the, the biggest tractor John Deere made? Was it like a what, 4230
1: or something? 46. Well, 40, I started to say 4630 and two wheel drive, but they did have the 84 and 8634 wheel articulated.
0: Okay. All right, and so from there you mentioned you started working for the cotton gin, and that was there in uh, Greenwood, right, Closely,
1: that, that was there in uh, Greenwood. It was built in 91, um, and it's still operating today.
0: I know the guys that uh, own that land where the cotton gin was built.
1: Yes, Yeah, I, I've, I've heard of those before. <laughs> right? I, th- I think your family you know, did some dealings on that.
0: That's right. Yeah, they had the uh, Merrifield Place, and I guess they approached them. Because they they had the gin, I guess, in Donaldsonville, but they were looking to get a gin in Florida.
1: Yeah, and expand that operation. And, yep. you know, it was a great place to put it where it was at. It was out, you know, away from everybody. It That's was right. In, it was in the country, but it was still very accessible with all the mm-hmm. highways mm-hmm. and such.
0: And also service all the farmers <clears throat> in Florida, you know. And it's kind of a central point. Mm-hmm. So with the, the cotton industry, um, what,
1: what exactly did you, did you do with Cloverleaf? Well, I had never seen a cotton gin whenever I started. Yeah right there and you know i started on the ground floor watched them pour the concrete build it learned a lot about how it was put together and like i say evolution with that you know we used to use trailers bringing cotton in there things changed from that you know we went to modules Mm -hmm. and square modules and it made it a lot easier to handle stuff handling it from a long distance yeah you know we were able to branch out you know with our customer base and, you know, since that time, there's been a lot more gins built around. You know, there was a lot of cotton was grown, And, you know, customers split up, you know, going different places and all. Right. There was still a good business. But, like I say, it um, it spread out a lot.
0: Yeah, because then I think Dad said he started growing cotton in 91. Because in the early 90s, that's when cotton really kind <clears> of <throat>
1: got big in this area, wouldn't you say? Right. And I think the guys that actually started the um, – You hear that? Is the computer blowing up? What's
0: going on? <laughs> I done lost my train of thought. What was I even saying? Oh, I know what it was. Um, in the early 90s, the cotton in this area was really getting big. A lot of people starting growing cotton.
1: i think thinking uh, some of the guys that actually started that gin before your dad was – before they actually built it. Yeah. It started growing cotton about 85. Okay. You know, it, it, using the gin in Donaldsonville. Mm-hmm. Decided there was room for one over here. When everybody started growing cotton down here – the Bo Weevil had taken it away from us, I think maybe in the 1960s or somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, these guys were looking for a rotation for peanuts. Mm-hmm. The thought train behind some of it, I believe, was if this cotton would give us a good rotation with peanuts, as long as we can break even, you know, on our cotton crop, you know, it's going to benefit us for the peanut. Right. it right here. But, You know, along about the time we got started back into growing cotton here, peanut prices went south. Mm It kind of flip-flopped a little bit. Yeah, it kind of flip-flopped, and then cotton really did become an important crop to us. We needed to make money on it, and we did. We made some good money on cotton there for a while. But, you know, all our um, denim plants and such, textiles, moved over to China. Yep. You know, and cotton demand kind of dropped off in the States right here. China was still producing a lot of cotton. Right. Yeah, we shipped a lot to China, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of hit a plateau right there. And, you know, I don't think it's ever really regained.
0: Yeah, and I think another <laughs> thing that caused that was the uh, synthetics. You know, people started getting away from 100% cotton and mm-hmm. using the synthetic materials. and
1: yeah, They have, and I think some of that, you know, over the last number of years, a few years, people have tried to come back to the it natural has. state, yep. you know, to cotton.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are wanting more of a natural product now. Right. People want a real, not a synthetic fiber. And you mentioned uh, when, when cotton first started in this area, you know, there was no... Uh, module builders per se, right? Didn't you actually have a long cotton trailer that the farmer would just dump in that and have to actually get in there and pack the cotton down?
1: Right, they did. They had some of those wagons were around 30 feet, some of them 40 feet. Uh, They built a manual packer that you could actually pack that cotton with. Uh, Prior to that, it was foot stomping. Yeah. (laughs) And you got up there and walked it down. Right. You know, I'm trying to think. It's been a long time ago now, but. You know, 7 to 10 bales maybe on a trailer. Okay. You know, I've gotten, a, you know, Gen 12, 13 bales off some trailers that were really packed hard. Mm-hmm. But we used a suction pipe to get them off with, which okay. was a, which was manual labor again for the most part. So you there know, was
0: actually a man grabbing the hose, sucking the cotton off the trailer?
1: There was, you know, and when that was before... You know, we built about the same time that we built this gin. Some, a lot of that had become automated, mm-hmm. and we actually had a system with joysticks on it where somebody could operate.
0: Oh, nice! Ma- okay.
1: uh remotely yeah. operate it. So,
0: yeah, it's something to see. <laughs> I went. Mean, uh, you know, George, I think Gray is his last name. Works yes. with Cloverleaf. Mm-hmm. He uh, gave us uh, a tour last year there, at the Cotton Gin and um, Greenwood, and uh, man, it's incredible. All the automation. You go in there, and you know everything's. Put the huge module and it kind of feeds it to it and all that stuff. It's it's something to see, no doubt.
1: Yeah. About the time I left, we had just put a module feeder in, okay. right there. Used to we had just dunked them on the floor and sucked them off with that suck pipe, like the same thing we did with trailers. But oh, okay. it was it was slow. Yeah. Labor intensive.
0: And now uh, now it's transitioning from the modules to the round bales. Right. And I don't think John Deere even makes a basket picker anymore. So. Well. In ten years, you know, it's probably all going to be obsolete. Round That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's shift gears. Uh, you're a peanut man. You're not a cotton man. So let's talk about peanuts. So you mentioned you got the opportunity to uh, uh, be the manager at Malone Peanut. Let's let's talk about that transition.
1: Yes, uh, matter of fact, a fellow that you knew very well. Yeah. Originally owned that thing. Your grandfather. Uh, he's he and a lady, Marjorie Croft, were in business together on it. And, you know. Mr. Jimmy and Miss Marjorie decided, I think, that they had been there long enough, decided they wanted to, you know, retire, kick back a little bit. Right. So they got a group of guys together, and that group of guys formed a corporation or an LLC and decided they would buy it from them. They needed a little bit of help, so they contacted the guy that they were actually buying peanuts for, which was Birdsong Peanuts, and... You know, they went in partnership. The guys own part of it. Birdsong owns part of it. And it's been a good it's been a good partnership oh, over yeah. the years. Uh, Mr. Jimmy, he's as long as he was living, he came by and checked up on us every day to make sure things were going like he thought they ought to be going. All right, well, I bet. Miss Marjorie stayed on until what year was that? you know, she stayed with us yeah. till she got to her, her health got to where she mm-hmm. couldn't didn't. Yeah, they
0: they sold the mill in two
1: thousand four. You're right, I believe. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Miss Marcher worked there for I don't know quite quite a few years yeah. after that. I can't remember what year she yeah.
1: actually left, but you know her health dictated that she mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. really need to be there, so she retired. Oh yeah, and kind of left it in my hands, and you know I had a good trainer, you know she. She did the best she could with what she had. Right. Oh yeah. So and so far it's been working. So you would say uh, Miss
0: Margie is kind of the one that took you under the wing and kind of trained yeah. you, showing the, the bookwork, behind the scenes stuff, and.
1: Absolutely, Mister Jimmy showed me the yard. Yep. And your dad showed me the yard. You yep. know how to do some things out there, but mm-hmm. prior to that, I had, you know, I'd been to the peanut meals, you know, peanut buying points, you know, right. I, you know from the family farm, but never had actually been involved in day to day operations with it. Yeah. Is, is there any similarities
0: from managing a cotton gin to a peanut mill or totally different?
1: Well, very similar. You know, your, um, your labor situation, that's the main thing you got to deal with all the time. The peanut end of it is much easier than what the cotton end of it was. You were running from the cotton end of it. You were basically running 24-7. You were running production line for the most part with t- seasonal help. Yeah. You know, which was not an ideal scenario. Mm-hmm. we still, the peanut mill runs, I keep somebody there 24 hours a day, you know, during during season. Yeah. But it's just, it's not where you got to keep a full crew on board. Mm-hmm. Everything pretty much happens during the daytime with peanuts. That's right. You know, where cotton, you know, conditions being right, you can run all night. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and you said it. The, um, the idea of seasonal help. You know, there are some characters that are at a peanut mill, and growing up, being around it, um, there's just characters that, that you get to work at a peanut mill. And one, I'm going to name drop here, and I like the guy. Never had a crossword with him, but Tommy Luther Wayne Hudson, which in itself is an amazing name. I mean, he's got four names. But I'll never forget, it's 2003. I think Papa Jimmy had a stroke that year. And so Dad, he, he ran the mill that year. So I would uh, help out the peanut field during the day. And then, you know, after that, I would come to the mill and and work there. Well, Tommy, he um, would get very high-strung, you know, excited. And he had that long blonde hair and had the John Deere tractor, and he would just be hauling butt around that mill. And I forget what had happened, but he was getting aggravated about something. And so he busts up into the peanut mill, and he's telling Miss Margaret, he's like, you've got to get me more wagons. I'm only one man, 5'2". And then he just walks out. Like <laughs> <and> <laughs> My cousin was helping me out, and we just always, even today, we laugh about that because he was, you know, I'm only one man, 5'2". But, uh, yeah, the characters that work at The Peanut have
1: always said it would make a wonderful reality TV show. Well, you're right, because a lot of these guys, if, if they weren't characters, mm-hmm. they had a full-time job. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I know how to say that right yeah. now. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'd look around out there. See a piece of equipment, maybe stop and look around the yard to see where everybody's at. Mm -hmm. You see somebody walking down the highway, walking out the gate. Yeah, there's another one. Yeah, he's he's gone. Yeah, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and he ain't coming back. And that's right. No warning, just just out. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's and the labor situation is getting worse and worse. That's 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 the problem we have today. Not Mm -hmm. just in this industry, but as a whole. But as a whole, everywhere. You know, whether it be a grocery store or or yep. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. we have that same problem. But you know, farm labor is hot. Yep. And there's no air conditioning a lot of times, and it's it's getting harder and harder to find.
0: Yeah, that's right. And any old timer would tell you, you know, you know, twenty years ago, Dad said, you know, he'd have people all the time coming up, "Hey, man, you know, you you got some work? Can I work this summer?" And now, I mean, it's
1: very few and far between well, of so, young kids wanting to work. Well, it's just like what you said about Mister Jimmy a while ago. Well, you didn't say it. I actually was talking to your dad a while ago, mm-hmm. and he was talking about you know, how he had to get rid of one one day. Yeah. And he pulls out his list, and he just goes down the list. He's got a list of people wanting to work. Oh, wow. Now you don't have that option. No list. Yep.
0: Yep.
1: No. yep. And, um,
0: and so I guess with the transition, because now Malone Peanut has a, a lot of semis, so that frees up a lot of uh, actual hands-on, so you right. can
1: get more done with less people. Right, yes, you can we um you know one semi trailer holds four to five uh small wagons mm-hmm. right there, so that takes a lot of load off of having to handle you know different conveyances, you know last year, after the hurricane season or after the hurricane hit us before, when we went to these semis had we not done so, I don't believe we would have been able to operate to our fullest extent, yeah. Because we had just about half the labor that came in that year. And Mm -hmm. if we hadn't had those somehow, like I say, we wouldn't have had enough people to go around to handle everything. That's right. Yep. And before it I guess it was like a
0: 14-foot wagon back in the day. (coughs) Or no,
1: before that, let's step back even further. Well, if you step back further, you know, I remember when I was coming up, you know, back in the 60s and all, we hauled peanuts to the mill on a pickup truck six-wheel truck Mm -hmm. you know a two-ton truck with six wheels and those peanuts whenever they were come out of the field I do remember my granddaddy having an old stationary picker Mm -hmm. right there which they sacked the peanuts that's right put them in a burlap bag well right after that period of time I remember daddy and them having a an old Lilliston picker and it was a sacker I mean the peanuts blew up didn't have anything to to hold them, mm-hmm. they had a chute on the side that had two different spouts on it where you just actually put a burlap bag, hooked it on it, filled up those bags, flipped the lever on it, started filling up another bag while you moved that bag, you know, your prior bag. And they would take those peanuts when the platform got full that stopped the picker. The man would set them off out there in one spot in the field, hmm. be six or eight bags. Then somebody would come by with a pickup truck, you either stack the bags on it or took the bags and dumped them out into the pickup truck right. bed, and then you hauled them to the mill. Yeah. You know, several years after that, somebody come up with a deal that put a basket on the picker. Actually a big perforated basket, mm-hmm. you know, made out of wire mesh, and instead of blowing them into a sack, they actually blew basket. them into that basket. Yeah. That that changed the way whole, everything operated.
0: Would that have been like a Libiston, the first Livingston pickers? Like I, don't,
1: I don't know who actually made the first one. The first yeah. one we had, what first two pickers we had were Lillistons. Okay. You know, one had the second platform. I think they actually made a conversion kit where you could change those things and put a basket on something. I somebody.
0: never knew there was like one that actually would sack itself. That's pretty cool.
1: It is. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was a dusty job. I
0: bet, yeah, because Peanuts is a very dusty job.
1: Right. And yep. you're standing right there in the midst of it.
0: That's right. And from there, they went to the 14-foot wagons, then the 21-foot wagons.
1: And, and evolved the into the semis yep. now. Yes. Yep. And I
0: don't know if it's true or not, but I think Dad said Papa Jimmy was one of the first ones that said, hey, why don't we just let the farmer come get the wagons and take it to the field, fill it up, and bring it back to the mill? Or, is, or is has it always kind of been that way with well, the peanut industry?
1: You know, and we actually... It was later on down the road when we actually put dryers at home, mm-hmm. but a lot of farmers had their own dryers that's right at home, mm-hmm. but it became such a there we go labor intensive situation where the farmer worked all day, yeah, you know he might work on the end of the night, well nah. you know by the time he put stuff on the dryer and tried to monitor it, yeah. you know, there just wasn't enough hours in a day so and I think I know Miss Jimmy was one of the ones that did that he and he could have been the first one, yeah, you know, where they actually put the dryers on the yard, Mm -hmm. you know, and just let the mill handle it. Yep.
0: All right, Mr. Bruce, well, let's pretend that I don't know anything about peanuts. So explain to me the process. So a farmer brings the peanuts to Malone Peanut Mill, whether on a trailer or a semi. What happens when they come into that gate? What's the process?
1: Well, when it comes in the gate, first thing that happens, we weigh that conveyance. Everybody makes sure everybody has what they're supposed to have, Mm -hmm. you know, farmer gets a good idea by his weights you know what kind of yields he's getting with so his peanuts but
0: could i throw a couple of center bricks in the wagon
1: and let it weigh it up a little bit or would you guys find that well we'll find it has <laughs> <We laughs> that ever happened <laughs> we have f- we found everything from shotgun shells nuts and bolts rings watches yeah i bet. and and, ro- and boulders almost right you know you'd oh, be yeah. su- you'd be surprised how big a piece of material will go up these chutes especially in these new pickers. You are right? Yeah. Right there. You know, it'll it'll stop up our equipment. Mm-hmm. So, but <clears> the <throat> first thing we do is like I said, we weigh that conveyance. Next thing we go down and take a moisture sample on it, see what the moisture is if we have to put it on the dryer, you know, anything. We can we can process peanuts that are less than 10.5% moisture. So, if it's over 10.5, you know, Most peanuts come in 14 to 18 Mm percent, you know, unless there's inclement weather conditions. Yeah. But once we get those peanuts, we'll take those peanuts down, put them on a dryer. They, you know, when we dry the things, typically your moisture drops about, you know, a half a percent per hour Mm -hmm. on those things. So if you got a peanut that came in at 20 percent, we can take it at 10, you got to drop 10 points out of it yeah so you know hey, that's twenty hours yeah. that it would have to theoretically that it's got to stay on a dryer, mm-hmm. and it depends on what type of conveyance, how much dirt's in them. you know we had to check them every so many hours anyhow, just to right. make, just to make sure once we get the peanuts dry, we come back and weigh them again, uh we take the peanuts around. there's a federal state inspection service we don't We don't determine what those peanuts are worth. Independent government organization does that, federal-state inspection. They pull a sample of those peanuts using a pneumatic probe. It sucks so many peanuts out of a spot in there, and we'll, you know, anywhere from five to uh, eight or nine probes, you know, in wagons yep. right there. Um, they go inside. Those peanuts then are graded. You know, they check the moisture on them. They shell those peanuts. The <clears throat> And when I say shell them, they take the hulls off of them. The hulls are weighed, that's part of your grade. Okay. The sound material kernels that are whole peanuts are graded out of there. Loose shell kernels that were in those peanuts before they were shelled right. will be graded separately. Uh, Farm material, uh, how many splits in there, how much damage that they can see in there. And I say damage, damage from busted up peanuts or uh, insect damage. Okay. You know. Right. You, you can see where they've chewed holes in them and such as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also check the peanuts for alpha toxin. And once all that's determined, you know, that sets the price that the farmers paid for them right there.
0: And that's what kind of gives you the grade score, which yeah. is, what's 85? Yeah. The best? What's the best? uh uh,
1: you know you can we run into the high eight i mean low 80s yeah you know t- mm-hmm. low 80s typically that mm-hmm. would um that's a great grade typically a peanut scum grade from 72 to 74 that's going to be an average grade for most of them uh mm-hmm. if you can pull that grade up above the 75 it's just dollars in your pocket so anything above 75, you're going to get paid more than... said I think base grade now, I think, is about a, almost a 74. Gotcha. If I remember right.
0: So. All right. But like I said, you, you guys don't handle any of that. The, the state handles all, all those employees. They- you don't have to worry about finding somebody to grade the peanuts. <laughs> Can you hear that in your headphones?
1: Yeah. But anyhow, the, the state, uh, federal state graders are the ones who determine the value on your peanuts. We have no control over them. Mm-hmm. Um, They're paid separately. Well, we actually paid the state for them, you know, because we we're we charged so much a ton to grade those peanuts. That's right. So, uh, But they do determine the price of your peanuts. So we the have, actual Malone Peanuts not saying, hey, we're going to give you this much. No. Okay. No. It's not like some other produce commodities and such. Yeah. So it's a government-mandated price. Got gotcha. you. All um, right, so
0: after they're graded, everything's good to go. What's, what's the next step?
1: All right, once they're graded, alpha toxin is checked. And, you know, they check them for alpha toxin in there because of that part of the price determination. Mm-hmm. We also will run another test for alpha toxin in which we use that for segregation. Peanuts that run a, they may not have alpha toxin, but they, with the parts per billion tests that we run, if they are checking on the high side, we'll ship those peanuts out because we we'll know they're they are susceptible to getting alpha toxin. Mm-hmm. We'll ship them on out. Those will be the first peanuts shelled, so they're we don't ever give them a chance to get it. I got to go ahead and get it shelled. Get it get so it done safe. with. Mm-hmm. Uh, peanuts that don't show any sign of alpha toxin or very low probability for it. We're put in our warehouses. We'll we'll still segregate them in the warehouse. The way Birdsong does their stuff is they call they call it a green tag, yellow tag, red tag. Red tag is stuff that's hot. that I was talking about just then that mm-hmm. would be shell first. Right. Green tag and yellow tag are both good grade peanuts. One of them just may have more splits in it than the other. You know, the more peanuts that are out of the hole. Um that are exposed to elements will deteriorate faster than the ones that are still in the hole. So, but anyhow, like I say, we, we store good grade stuff on the yard stuff. It's borderline. We send it straight to the shelling plant.
0: I got you. So anything sec three, like you said, borderline that's going out.
1: Yeah, it's gone. Mm -hmm. The matter of fact, they just finished today unloading our warehouses. Those peanuts have been in there. They were started putting in there last September. We finished, Finished our season probably close to Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. right there. So those peanuts have been in there for that number of months, and peanuts are great.
0: Yeah, and that's something to say. You know, I'd never been in those warehouses ever until when I called you, was it Monday or Tuesday? And if you guys want to see the video, go to youtube.com slash fieldrose and check it out. But uh, I went in the big one and the small one, but uh, they were cleaning out the, the big one where they're both big. But, oh, massive. Like, I had, once you get inside there, it's, it's crazy to think that that whole <laughs> warehouse will be slam full of peanuts, right? I mean, to the, pretty much the tip top of that warehouse.
1: Yeah, one of them is a little over 8,000 tons. The other one's a little over 10,000 mm-hmm. ton capacity. All right. Um,
0: well, since we're talking about warehouses, I've got a great idea I was going to run by you. The next time y'all have a shareholder meeting, uh, see if we can get it approved. I'm sure you've been to Cockwood to see the big mural they have. Mm -hmm. So how how cool would it be to be on the first warehouse, a massive mural, it says Malone, right? And in the background, I mean, this is probably going to cost about $100,000, but it's fine. They'll do it, okay? (laughs) First one will say Malone. It's going to have agriculture theme. The second warehouse will will say Peanut. So you look from, from afar, all the murals will match. You'll have all the, you know, Peanuts, I mean... What do you think? You think we could get that approved?
1: I've, all, I've, I've often thought about putting something on the front of those. Yeah. but No joke. You really should. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be great advertisement. Absolutely.
0: Yep. Because anybody that goes through Malone, I mean, so you can't miss them. Why don't,
1: why don't you run that by your dad first?
0: Well, I actually have. And I, I've told him, I said, Dad, just bring, bring it up.
1: And I'll, I'll, you know how to do no, maybe not. Maybe, uh, I don't think they're going to go for that. Nah, <laughs> that's that's kind of what I figured he was going to say. Yeah, yeah. But it would be neat. It would be neat. All right, where do
0: we want to go to now? Tell you what, this will be a good chance for a break. We're about 29 minutes in. So we'll take a quick commercial break, and we'll be here right back on the Field Rose Podcast. Is it? A, okay. Uh, hi, guys. If you're looking for some great deals on some chemicals, dog food, uh, feed, seed, and everything that you need, then check out MacArthur Company, located in Malone, Florida, right down there by the water tower. They've got batteries and so much more. Check them out. Stop the music. That's right. Don't forget about Jenny Lens, a one-of-a-kind women's boutique store inside of a feed store. I've never bet, I bet you've never seen that before because you've never been to Jenny Lens before. If you want the latest fashions and trends, then come on down and we can get you s- settled. Jenny Laz. All right, and we're back on the Field Rose podcast with Bruce McMullen, right? or Great. McMillan. I right. always get it backwards. McMullen. 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 All right. Uh, So, Bruce, peanuts right now are $400 a ton. What do you think it's going to take to get the price of peanuts on up?
1: Well, Jim, we've, over the number of years here, our yields have grown tremendously, you know, over what we used to make, which which they had to, you know, because our price on peanuts almost got cut in half, you know, when they got rid of some of our programs and all that. But... Right now, we were, this year was just about to get peanut uh, supplies back in line. Well, here, we've had a great growing season this time. Uh, the yields were moved, I think, the last few years we've been averaging somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,900 pounds overall average yeah. to the acre. Uh, and this year our planted acres are up about between 6 and 7% from what we understand right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we still haven't got all the reports in, but that's what it looks like. So what that's going to do for us, it's going to put us back at square one. Right. You know, we're going to have an oversupply. Uh, this COVID mess has increased sales on some of our stuff, especially peanut butter. You know, whenever there's a crisis, peanut butter's cheap. You know, people go to it. You know, it's a good staple product. Right. No refrigeration. You know, it keeps the kids happy. That's right. And peanut butter has actually been short on the shelves a few times, from what I understand. I mean, mm-hmm. there's still apple peanut butter out there. Yeah. But the demand for that stuff is not flat. It's gaining a little bit of ground every year, but it's not gaining as much as what our production is. Yeah. So it's still holding us back. You know, we're <clears throat> sometimes farmer, I don't want <laughs> them to take it. You know, offense to this, but you know we shoot ourselves in the foot a lot of times. We're that's right. We're our own worst enemy. Absolutely. You know, we we plant a crop, and we got good yields on it. We plant a little bit more of it late the next year because we had good yields on it, that's and right. it generated a little bit of money. But you know, whenever mm-hmm. these prices get where they're at, it's it's you got to make three tons of peanuts, you no know, two and a half three tons, really to to make any good money. That's right. peanuts anymore. Because you said it, the inputs are constantly rising. Right, they're constantly rising. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever I... But, you know, when I was still on the farm at home, you know, if you made a ton of takers of peanuts, you had done something. Hmm. You know, if you made a ton and a half you made headlines in the paper. Okay, right. You know, right. know back then. So, but times have changed. I mean, we're twice that now. That's right. We've we're actually we're, we're doubled that. You know, there's six and 7,000 pounds an acre of acre peanuts being made.
0: Right. You know, I've often wondered, and I ran this by Dad, and he said it would never work, but, you know, why wouldn't all us farmers get together and say, hey, everybody cut your acres of peanuts back a little bit, you know? And try to drive that price up. He said, "There's always going to be that one person." I guess they tried to do this back in the '80s or something. He they did some story.
1: They did. I mean, but you know, you get, still got a man down the road down there. Yeah. That Jim's going to cut his hundred acres. Yeah. Well, this other fellow say, "Well, if he's cutting hundred, I'm going to increase mine 100, you exactly. know. so I need a little extra money. On this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the
0: thing. You know, if we could market the peanuts better, find better uses. I mean, think outside the box. You know, think. Uh, you know, vaping is huge. Every kid, you know, 18 and above now, seems like they're vaping. Why not make a peanut-flavored vape? Well, it might work. There you go. It might work. Somebody's going to hear
1: this and rip my idea (laughs) off and make millions. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I noticed the other day that, you know, several of the manufacturers, M&M, Hershey's, they're... I've seen several different new candies coming out, you know, that involve peanut butter. Mm -hmm. So. You know, they're they're changing things all the time to try to create more market. You know, if one of them seems to be getting stale. Yeah. but Freshen uh, it up a little bit. I don't know what you can do to change a lot of peanut butter. Yeah, it really, not a Well, lot. I don't know. I saw the other day, I saw a peanut butter whiskey advertised. Hey, there you go. Now that's thinking <laughs> outside the box. Absolutely. <laughs> get you a little buzz and right. get you a little peanut butter. Yeah, I actually <laughs> talked to somebody that said they drank it and said it was pretty good. Okay. I can't imagine it, but it's yeah. pretty
0: I might, their could own. Eat,
1: might could eat it on a sandwich but there
0: you go yep all right bruce we're running a peanut meal was very very hectic and uh is, is there a, a certain day that sticks in your mind where everything was just falling off the rails You know you mentioned an elevator you know breaking down all, if it's anything like running a farm there's some days where i think everybody just talks to each other and it's like hey let's all break down
1: today well and it does happen when uh, you know, when when I first started here, we had one thirty five hundred ton warehouse. That it held, you know, a part of our crop, but we had to rely on trucks shipping it out. Uh, stockholders decided they wanted to take that warehouse down one day. No, oh, I remember that. <clears throat> yeah, boy, and we did we got a guy that said he could take that warehouse, not the warehouse down, I'm sorry, there was a water tower standing behind the warehouse. The water tower, oh yeah. Yeah, we were talking about warehouse, but there was a water tower standing behind mm-hmm. it. The water tower was, it was pretty solid. I mean, one airplane had already crashed That's into right. it. That's right. We climbed all over it as teenagers. Yeah, and it was still pretty stable, but you know, scrap metal was pretty good price right then. Some of the guys said, why don't we just take it down? So I found somebody that had liability insurance and He said he could take it down. Mm -hmm. Well, he, I don't think had a lot of experience taking it down, but he was willing. Yeah. Well, anything that could go wrong did. When they cut that tower and started pulling on it to get it to lay down away from that building, they didn't cut it all away. One of the legs twisted. Yep. Guess where the water tower went? Right across the warehouse. Oh, yeah. And if I'm thinking right, this was about the first part of August, just before we were fixing (sighs) to start with Peanuts. Yeah. We had to ship everything that year. That was tough getting enough trucks in there, you know, to do all that. I bet. The best money these guys have spent, you know, we put in these two warehouses. You know, if one breaks down, you got a spare. You can go to it. But, That's right. You know, just like I say, whenever that – <laughs> when that water tower hit that warehouse, yeah, you could have heard a pin drop around there because there were several of our guys that were standing oh, yeah. out there watching it. Oh, yeah. I remember watching it, and all I did was just turn around and walk off. It was like
0: slow motion. It yep.
1: was me, Dad, DiMera. This is probably, what, 2010, I would say? We Somewhere. didn't
0: have kids then, so it had to have been about 2010.
1: Yeah, it was. yeah. I think it was, no, it was 2011. 2011. 2011, okay. 2011.
0: But, oh, yeah. And I had it on film, but I, I, I wish I had the footage, but who knows where it got. But, yeah, it was slow-mo,
1: just bam. Yep. And that's all she wrote. But... Yeah, that's been a source of jokes and <laughs> ill feelings and everything else around here at times. Right? Oh,
0: well, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Hey, stuff happens.
1: Yeah, it right? does. That's life. We got through it, and it was all for the better. Yep, that's right.
0: Uh, Bruce, what would you say is your best uh, or favorite thing about running a peanut mill?
1: Probably the customers. You know, I like to see a, I like to see the people. I like to see them happy when they're coming in. They're delivering a good crop. Mm-hmm. Um, the fall is my favorite time of the year and you know i just just a lot of things come together you know the fruits of their labor coming in yeah so oh yeah all right well what about what's the worst thing about running a peanut mill? the worst thing today about running a peanut mill is dealing with labor
0: yeah
1: i mean or lack thereof mm-hmm. you just can't get people that want to work like I say it's a hot dusty job That's right. People don't want to come in to do that kind of deal. Mm -hmm. You know, we pay decent money. And when I say decent money, hours are long. Yeah. But we pay overtime. That's right. Which a lot of farm operations don't. Mm -hmm. So that's some, you know, some of these guys could work, you know, with us for two, two and a half months Mm -hmm. and probably make as much during that time as what they could work part-time job, 12 Months out of the year, yeah, right there. Mm-hmm. So, but that is that's that's the worst part of it, and you know you can't go out there and show out with them. You know, that's you right. Co- you correct them too much; they're going to go to the house, and then guess who's left to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the one out there. You're doing gonna it. You're going to be the one doing it, and yeah. you don't have time to do it. How many people would you say would it take to run uh, a mill efficiently during peanut season? You know, by the time you take our lab people and office people. You know, it'd take about 15. Yeah. You know, Uh, the semis are, we're still in a transition period with that. Uh, It's cut back way, cut back on labor. You know, we got to learn where our efficiencies are on that, and I think we can cut, we're going to be able to cut that by, you know, 25%, I think, at least more. Got you. And you've got got yourself, you've got uh, Miss Lisa
0: and Scott. Those are the only three full-time employers? Well, there
1: were there were three full-times until this year. Uh, a couple months ago, I put on another guy. Okay. So I've got two guys on the yard now. You know, things have evolved to where it you get, you have to do a lot more than what you used to. You used to could let things grow up a little bit and cut the grass once a month. Mm-hmm. But, but now, with um, regulations and such, it's got to look like your yard to it. that's right got it so and it's, it's a full-time job that's regulations coming from the like bird song or who, who are that who well that no from? i mean it's government regulations okay got you you know especially when you have warehouses and food storage mm-hmm. they want it clean You've, yeah you fall under a lot of fda guidelines because yeah. yeah you would think peanut season starts say
0: in august last till december then you guys just take what six seven months off right
1: well that seems to be a common belief around here <laughs> you know on, from everybody except the people at work All Right? yeah but no, a lot more it is a lot easier than what it was working at some of the other places i've been mm-hmm. uh once you get this crop behind you it's a relaxed atmosphere yeah you know you got x amount of things that's got to be done as long as they get done you know we're good that's right but it you know we do have a lot of I'm not going to say time off, but we have we have more free time than mm-hmm. what we would would have if we were out here in your shoes. That's right. But when it's busy, it's busy. It is. I know. I mean, like it can get so hectic. I
0: remember Dad always saying, you know, peanut season. You can only do peanut season about two or three months, and then you got to have a break. Just yeah. mentally, you're physically exhausted. Like you can, you just got to have a break.
1: Right. Well, like I say, it it's a crop that has it can't just sit there. That's right. It's, it's got to be handled. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be handled. Yep,
0: yep. All right, Mr. Bruce. Well we always share a um, Hurricane Michael story. So we know Hurricane Michael hit right in the middle of peanut season. So let's let's talk about that a little bit.
1: It did. And you know we were at that particular time we were operating two buying points. We had one here in Malone, one in the little town down in Dalewood. Dalewood was a viable buying point. It it basically handled a lot of our overflow from up here, mm-hmm. you know, when we were real busy. Um, when Michael hit and was coming in, these farmers had peanuts on top of the ground, had just been plowed up. You know, it's a smart thing to do, we think, is go ahead and pick those peanuts, green as they may be. Yeah. And and that's, that's, that is a smart thing to do. But what we wasn't planning on was electricity being out. Mm-hmm. So here we are with peanuts that's got 30% moisture in them, sitting on our conveyances. We run out of shed space. They're sitting out there in the rain. Jeez. No electricity for, you know, a week or so. Yeah. And, you know, we had some peanuts They didn't. We didn't lose them. Mm-hmm. They may have had a little aflatoxin in them. You know, we had to take a hit on prices on a few of them right there, but it's very few. But, you know, that hit us pretty hard. Yeah. The Hurricane Michael was worse in Dalewood than what it was at Malone. We didn't lose, we lost some dry, you know, two drying sheds here in Malone. You know, a lot of the small infrastructure we had wasn't anything that was really, you know, totally crippling to us. Dalewood was a different story. We yeah. lost the elevator down there, mm-hmm. you know, one of our drying sheds completely. Power was non existent and was going to be that way for a while down there. So, basically, it just shut the whole whole thing down in Delwood, lost most of the roof off of the office down there. So, we shut it down, moved everything up here to Malone. We had generators in a couple of days in Malone here where we could run these warehouses, where we could run the dryer sheds. We ran those generators for, we were without power here for, I think it was exactly 30 days. Yeah, quite a while. Right in the middle of harvest season and that's not a small generator that you got either to run that many dryers no you did pick that up at Lowe's they were 75k I think they yeah. were big ones oh yeah so you know a uh, thing that one thing that troubled me about what we were running into was that this was October I had just changed insurance companies in July Ooh. <laughs> kind of made you wonder what what have I done right those people were above board i mean they went above and beyond yeah you know they helped us you know anything they could do they helped i mean we had adjusters down here within you know just a couple of days awesome and uh, great company to work for or work with yeah right there but long term on this like i say it destroyed wood we were we were and i think we were pretty well insured you know mm-hmm. with where we were situated a lot more so than what other people were. Um, insurance allowed us to take the money, instead of rebuilding our Delwood facility down there, they allowed us to take that money and move it up here. As long as we replaced, you know, dollar for dollar, what we were supposed to be replacing. Right. What that did for us, it allowed us to get a good head start on putting eyes in that money made a heck of a down payment on that and you know you don't want to say it's a blessing in disguise because we're still trying to recoup from it but that's right. from a business standpoint today mm-hmm. here it i'm not saying it did us a favor but it sure changed the way we did business yeah oh yeah and all for the better that's right all for the better mm-hmm.
0: so it's definitely a bad one we don't we don't need another one like that you no know, we that's don't and sure. here
1: we are looking at Two possible I formations know, right? in the next yeah. week. So. Yeah, yeah, we I
0: was watching this morning. I was like, kind of eerie, but hopefully she'll, uh, God willing, she'll she'll go on. Yeah. All right, Mr. Bruce, well, I sure do appreciate you doing this. But before I let you go, I always have a ridiculous "Would you rather" question.
1: Would you rather do this or that? I'm not doing any
0: of it. So I've I've got a pretty good one for you. So you've got to pick. You've got to pick one or the other. Can't. Not pick it. So here it is. So would you rather, somebody's going to tell you, hey, Mr. Bruce, we've got a, uh, a peanut wagon here, and we know that there's three to four rattlesnakes in this peanut wagon. You've got to get up top of it and level it off with a shovel. You can wear snake boots if you want it. You can you do that, or you have to eat a six-ounce bag of Seg 3 peanuts.
1: Hmm. That is a good one. Yeah? You know, one thing about it, you can see those rattlesnakes. You can. Yeah.
0: And you've got snake boots on, so, and yeah. a shovel.
1: And they're going to be on top where you can see them. That's right. Yep. They should be. So you're, you're going to pick the snakes? Yeah, you, you know, I don't think I'd pick the snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we actually have, uh, I had a guy get bit one time. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Crawled up on a wagon. Whenever mm-hmm. he grabbed the top rail, the pink, the wagon was full and the snake was laying right there. Yep. And I think he grabbed the snake. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I've, I've definitely, in my day, been up there leveling. and you, Next thing you know, you, you uncover
1: one. Well, I don't know that they're fixing to hurt you at that particular point, mm-hmm. but he's not a happy camper either after having been through that piece of equipment. Oh, yeah. and But I'll, I'll still give him space. That's right. Yeah. I'll, I, he can have that wagon if he wants it. That's right. Absolutely. Yep.
0: All right, Mr. Bruce, well, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for taking the time out to be on the Field Rose Podcast. You want to plug anything
1: from Malone Peanut? or? Well, you know, if you need somewhere to bring a peanut, we'll be glad to accommodate you.
0: There you go. Give him a call. Was it 569-52? Nope. 2671. That's it. 569-2671. All right, Mr. Bruce, appreciate it. All right, thank you, Jim. We'll good, see you. Good being here. Bye. Hey, hey, thank you so much for listening to the Field Rose Podcast. I appreciate the support. If anybody has a, uh, a guest they would like for me to get on the show or somebody that feels has got a cool story, by all means, hit me up at fieldrose at gmail.com. And also, if anybody wants any stickers, I got some cool Field Rose stickers printed out. Uh, email me again, fieldrose at gmail.com, and I'll make sure I'll get some uh, sent to you. Just email me your address, and I'll get them sent your way. Uh, what else, man? It's been a super busy week. Uh, Hopefully going to get the corn cut Wednesday, which will be tomorrow. Today is, uh, let's see, it is August 25th. So hopefully by August 26th, we're going to get the corn cut, finally get that out of the way. And um, and then soon we'll be picking peanuts. We'll be at 135 days by the end of this week. So, you know, usually around that 140, 145, that's when we're you know start plowing up. And then, of course, cotton kind of shortly behind that, or after that, rather, so... Busy, busy times. Um, also, I've got some more equipment ordered up for the podcast. So, once I figure out how to run that, my plan is to start having some call in guests. So, if anybody has a guest uh, that they would, you know, like to come on the show, or uh, anybody that's got an interesting story, any of that, uh, by all means, contact me fieldrose at gmail.com or through YouTube, anyway, Facebook. Um yeah, so we can uh start growing this thing. I got got big plans for it. I've always enjoyed prank phone calls since I was a little kid. I love the Roy D Mercer and just I mean, even today I love doing prank phone calls. So if anybody has a good suggestion of somebody they would like me to prank, um email me again, fieldrose at gmail.com. That's the fourth time I've said it, so hopefully you are paying attention. But um Yeah, just email me the guy's number or lady company, anything like that. You know, as long as you think they'd be a good sport about it, or even if you have an idea of something, uh, something the farm's been aggravating them or somebody calling them, uh, I'll call them up and you know talk like this, and hopefully we can uh, get a get a get a good reaction from it. Um, And the new equipment I'm getting uh, will allow me to record phone calls, uh, all that cool stuff. So. Alright guys, well I appreciate it so much. Check out fieldrose.com. That simplifies everything. It's got all the videos, the podcast links. Uh, Of course, Tyler Land is writing a great blog. If you guys like to read, by all means, check that out. I'm also trying to get the website reworked. To me, it kind of looks a little janky. I want it to look a lot better than what it does. So I've got my web guru on it, but he is uh, slower than Christmas. I guess that's going to be it. Until next time, guys, keep it in the field rows. See ya. Bye.